Steve and Andy Meet Batman, Episode 11, The Londinium Larcenies. All right, we are back. School is over. I am... You're done. Summer. Yeah, still working. How did it go? Uh, I, don't, it... I don't know yet, actually, because there's a fine on my account, so I haven't been able to check my grade. Why do, why do you have a fine? It was like a late fee or something like that. What like, do you have? What, what would you have a late fee for? It, it, you return a book late to the library? Or no, something? it was a. I you can actually check out things like uh, it was a tripod for a camera I checked out. And oh, okay. I turned it in a day late, and it's a ten dollar fee. Ten dollars? You should have kept it for like a week. I know. I might as well. Actually, they probably would have charged me seventy dollars. I guess. But uh, is it? Oh my! Yeah, it could be ten dollars a day. Yeah, so I have that on my account. So I've not been able to check my grades, and I've. Are you, are you going to pay it? Yeah, I guess. Eventually I have to. I can't do anything. Probably won't let me back in school. But $10, though. You pay this much money to go to school, and $10. They're going to kick you, gonna kick you out for $10. Yeah, uh, anyway, so what what have you been up to? Uh, Nothing really. Just my typical working, you know. Uh, in a couple weeks I have my or transfer student orientation at OSU, but I haven't really been doing anything anything else other than waiting for that and working. I heard the rumor is that um, you actually ate at a Five Guys recently. You know what? I, I know you probably read that on the message boards. It is true. It is true. I did eat at a Five Guys up here. Five Guys, burgers, and fries. I broke my I broke my rule of normally not eating red meat was it to worth eat it? at a Five Guys. It was delicious. It was really good. So Five Guys is his restaurant that um, I've been wanting to eat at for a very long time. But there, are n there are none in West Lafayette, and I'm pretty sure there are none in Cincinnati. They're yeah, building I one, I think. But um, the nearest one to me now that right now, as we sp about like two weeks ago, the nearest right. one to me was probably like a half an hour away. Now the nearest one to me is up the street. Oh my God! You're gonna be dead. I live on college. I live on campus at OSU's yeah. campus. Yeah. So that's you know just like up the street from me is where all the like collegey things are at, and a Five Guys went up there. So that's how close it is to me. I walked to Five Guys when I ate there. How was it? I mean, overall, it was the experience. Tell us all about okay. it. Okay. Well, okay. So you walk in. First off, there's there's a sticker on the door that said, "If you're allergic to peanuts, don't even bother coming don't in. Don't even come. We don't want your business." They said we hate people that don't that are allergic to peanuts. No, they have like open containers of peanuts oh, sitting yeah. out. That's what I've heard. So there's like there's peanuts everywhere. So if you're allergic to peanuts, don't even just forget if, about if, it totally. If you don't like Charles Schulz's peanuts, don't even bother coming. <laughs> they don't need to be a Charlie Brown fan, basically. All right. So 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 I walk in. First thing I see, other than the line, is an open container of peanuts. Was there music playing? I mean, what what was the atmosphere uh, like? It, it was, the music playing, it was, uh, I think when I got in, they were playing a Journey song. Okay, so you know it's going to be good when you hear that. So yeah, basically you know it's a place for college students. Yeah. Because they're playing Journey. <laughs> um, so, so it, you know, they're playing Journey like in, in an ironic fashion. So all the music is like, oh, isn't it ironic that we're listening to sticks? That sort of thing. And it's sort of ironic that you're eating peanuts, too. Yeah, 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 it is. That you're eating peanuts in a non-roadhouse. Right, so I look up and see the menu board. I'm looking at the menu board. The menu board is just this. Hamburger, 
cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger. So they're keeping it simple. Then it's mini, mini burger, mini cheeseburger, mini bacon cheeseburger. And then it's grilled cheese, hot dog, hot dog with cheese, bacon cheese hot dog. Oh my god. Can you get a bacon grilled cheese? I'm sure they I don't know. You probably can. You probably can. And then it says French fries cooked in peanut oil. No no cholesterol. Oh my god. Then there's condiments. Okay? Alright. So, I go up there. I went with my wife. We went up there and we're ordering. She gets the grilled cheese. I get the cheeseburger. Okay. And we get a lar- one large thing of fries. And two drinks, but whatever. Okay. One large thing of fries. I'm thinking, one large thing of fries? I don't know. I don't know about that. But I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. And my condiments on it, I just want mustard and pickles. That's what I said. Mustard and pickles. They have tons of condiments, though. So we get our drinks. We sit down. And they and it's a number thing. So, like, serving number 47, then you go up and pick up your stuff. Okay. So it says, like, our number. Number 65. My wife goes, gets it. She brings it back. She sits down. The large thing of fries is a large thing of fries. That could have served four people. <laughs> it's, like, in a giant bag, isn't it? Isn't that how... It's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in this greasy-ass bag. This is what I've heard, yeah. I get my burger. I open my burger. And I go, I should have gotten a mini burger. <laughs> I was thinking, when they said mini burger, I was thinking, like, a slider. From yeah, that's, what, that's what I was thinking. It, no, no. A mini burger is a normal-sized hamburger. God. This burger giant. Was it good? It was delicious. It was juicy. I gotta go to one now. I well, have... You gotta come up. You've gotta you gotta come to Columbus. One day on a like a Saturday, you've gotta come up here. You and I are gonna go to five guys, we'll hit up some record stores and we'll hit up like some comic book stores, okay? And then you we'll, we'll record an episode live because we're always And then we'll record from five guys. <laughs> we should we should. That would be awesome. It was so. It was so good. When I left, I said, w- "Within a month, I'm ordering a Five Guys T-shirt." I thought you were going to say, "Within a month, I'm going to open up a Five Guys somewhere." And within two months, I'm going to open up a Five Guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good. I'm, if it wasn't so flipping hot, that's where we were going to eat lunch today. Oh yeah, it's been really hot. Yeah. Yeah, it was so hot up here. It's so hot up here. It's it's it, it's the hum the humidity is out of this world that we ate at a Bob Evans. You know it's hot when you're eating at a Bob Evans. I know. For lunch, and you know what? You know, yeah, for lunch. I know exactly. I bet they weren't playing Journey. Let's just put it that way. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't. Trust me. <laughs> and and um, what what what's kind of cool about this about the Bob Evans? We'll have listeners in other parts of probably this country that have no idea what a Bob Evans is. We won't tell them what it is. You can find out on your own. Go to BobEvans.com. Go to FiveGuys.com. Go to BobEvans.com. And then and then decide where you would rather eat and then write into us. Right. Write an email and tell us where you would prefer to eat. Bob Evans or Five Guys. Well, you know I think what's going to win. Yeah. You know what's I think win. I know the answer. So this week we have episode 11. But we also, after the episode... We have, we're not going to read uh, emails today. We we're going to play a song. We have a very special song, and so it's worth sticking around to uh, hear this song. It's really weird. All right. It's awesome. It's all, and it's an awesome song. It is a great song, too. I've been listening. Well, when I called you up, I was listening to it. I can't get it out of Listen to it nonstop. I sent it to you earlier today, and you... Then you I'm assuming you've just been listening to it nonstop well, yeah. for, what, like five hours now? I, I basically... All right, so you ready to get into this week's episode? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. 
So this is season three, episode 11, The Londinium Larcenies. This is a, yeah. the first of a three-parter. I know, yeah. I find I think it's like the third or f- the third three-parter in the entire season or series run. It was originally aired on November 23rd, 1967. Okay. Um, it was directed by Oscar Rudolph, who directs a lot of the episodes. And you know what? I forgot to write down who wrote the episode, so I don't know who wrote the episode. It probably doesn't matter. I don't think it was two guys. I do know that. It, it might have been five guys. So we open up in Londinium, which is a fake London, obviously. Why don't they just call it London? I was wondering that myself, because this is a great opportunity. A lot of kids watch this show in the 60s. They really could have taught kids something about the world, you know, about geography, London, and all that. But instead, they decide to just make crap up. Probably Exactly. There were probably kids who thought this was real. Well, I know why they went, why they're like, hey, we should do a three-parter in London, because, you know, the Beatles, the Stones. Yeah, yeah. It's hot, you know, it's, you know, the mod swing scene, like, swing in London was popular. Why just call it, just call it London, then? They really like to play up that it's very foggy all the time. I think they like that a little too much. (laughs) So we're in the Queen's Private Museum in Chuckingham Palace, which there were probably kids who thought there was an actual Chuckingham Palace, correcting their teachers when they said Buckingham Palace. No, no, no. It's (laughs) kids in 67, 67, uh, Miss Marker. (laughs) <laughs> it's Buckingham, not Buckingham. Am I the only one that watches Batman or what? Come on. Lord Marmaduke Fogg and Penelope Peasoup are there to steal the Queen's priceless collection of snuff boxes. Apparently the security's very lax. They appear to just walk in, bust open the glass, and take them out. As they leave, though, Lord Fogg lights up his pipe, and all of the smoke starts coming out, because Lord Fogg... Loves to toke up all the time when he's doing crimes. We cut to Commissioner Gordon's office. Um, he's talking to the President of the United States, I guess. I love that the President called Commissioner Gordon. So the President at the time would be Lyndon Johnson. Yes, that's what I was... That's that's correct. So LBJ is calling up Commissioner Gordon. Right. The weird, the weird thing is when, when Gordon mentions, Oh, hello, Mr. President. O'Hara takes his hat off. He's like very. O'Hara loves LBJ. It's true. He does. He loves. I bet he. I bet he wrote letters to Lady Bird, Lady Bird Johnson, <laughs> talking about how much he loves LBJ. So the president wants Batman to help solve uh, these crimes that have been happening in Londinium. How do you think Gordon? Because Gordon. Okay, Gordon's talking to the president. The president calls Gordon. Right. Gordon's like. Oh my god, this is happening in Londinium. Well, I'm going anyway to the Commissioner's Union Party or whatever it was called. It, it was in the Lon- uh, Police Commissioner's Conference. Yeah. yeah, the Police Commissioner's Conference. I'm going there, so don't worry. I'm going over there. I'm taking a look at it. And the President says, no. no. I want Batman. Because Gordon's not going to be able to do anything. How do you think that makes Gordon feel as, as, a, as a police officer? Probably very bad, obviously. But, I mean, the, he says he's going to help, and the President says, no, I want Batman to help. The Batman's a vigilante. So Gordon is going to Londinium for the International Police Commissioner's Conference. I think that's just an excuse for all the police commissioners to get together and get drunk. They're not really... What are they actually talking about? There's nothing to talk about. I think about. That's, that's true with all conferences, I believe. Like, teachers' conferences and everything. Parent-teacher conferences. You know they're getting drunk. Yeah, yeah. There. They're just getting drunk, yeah. Barbara comes in. Uh, Gordon explains that there have been some unexplained robberies. 
And every one of them has had something to do with fog. Man-made fog, actually. So maybe a fog machine, some ravers are stealing snuff boxes. I don't know why he didn't connect that. But uh, Gordon wants Barbara to take her vacation in Londinium with him. She's not interested um, because there's too much fog in Londinium. And and I should point out, the whole time they were there, because they go there later in this episode, in these three episodes, there was no fog at all. Yeah, I never saw. I never saw any fog. It's all lies. I, this is really man-made. An anti-London episode because they make fun of it. Gordon then mentions, "Well, I guess it'll be me and Batman by ourselves." Because Gordon still really wants to go. He still thinks he can somehow help. And he doesn't think Robin will go. Oh yeah! All of a sudden, Barbara's very interested in going to Londinium because she's got a little thing for Batman. I think. Hmm. I never understood why women have things for Batman. Because he could be horribly disformed under that mask, I know. for all they know. He could. I know. Uh, we cut to Wayne Manor in one of the weirdest scenes. Uh, Dick Grayson is wearing... <laughs> a Beatles wig. Yeah, this strange... Or a Beatles wig. It wasn't really a Beatles wig. It was like a woman's r- wig, though. Yeah, but they had those in the mid-60s, and they were called Beatle wigs. Oh, okay. Well, That's what they were marketed as. He's wearing one of those, playing the drums very poorly, I might add. I like that Bruce and Alfred were just watching him. Yeah, Alfred was watching. Bruce seemed like he was trying to read, and he looked really pissed off that Robin was playing the drums. You live in a giant mansion. Go to another room if you want to read. You have (laughs) thousands of rooms, probably. The bat phone rings. Bruce answers. And uh, it's Gordon on the other line, and he's explaining that they need to go to Londinium. We, We cut to the opening theme. Um, later... After the opening, we see Gordon and Barbara, and they're on a boat bound for Londinium. This is 1967, right? Why are they riding a boat? That would take forever for them to get there. Yeah, doesn't it take months to get there, or at least a month or something? It's an ocean ocean liner to Londinium. What kind What? Why would they do that? Take an airplane. Yeah, well, I, I have no idea, but Bruce, Dick, and Alfred are there. Bruce says he's been called to Londinium on some business. How convenient. And no one questions that. No no one bothers to ask why or what business. Uh, Alfred comes along and he says, the crate is safely aboard. And apparently this is a, a huge crate. And uh, Barbara asks why Bruce would need such a big crate on the boat. And uh, Bruce explains, he explains it away as... School supplies for Dick, like thousands of books and a desk. Why Dick would need all that, I don't know. This was before the internet, though. I guess Dick, he he couldn't log on and look up all this information. He had to read it, and it had to be there. Uh, Again, wouldn't it have been smarter if Alfred waited till a private (laughs) moment to tell Bruce about the giant crate? That's true. It's very compromising. Alfred, he doesn't care. Why would he do that? Oh, by the way, I got your bat suit, too. I mean... <laughs> we cut to Lord Fogg's mansion. Penelope Peasoup is uh, reading the newspaper. She learns that Batman and Robin are coming to solve the crimes they've been committing. But um, they might be here in a week to a month since they're riding a boat. Uh, you know what? They dropped, wait, they dropped the ball. They should have They should have flew in. Batman and Robin should have got off the plane like the Beatles did in the U.S. and have all those screaming teenage girls outside. Oh, they could have done that, yeah. That would have been awesome. If only we were there in the writer's room. If only I know, we that, would have been a, that would have been a good scene. 
Lord Marmaduke Fogg isn't too worried about Batman and Robin because he says he has one thing that all of the other Batman villains don't have. His pipe, which <laughs> allows him to create man-made fog. So basically he's like, don't worry about it. I have a fog machine. They will never be able to catch us. Doesn't he know that Batman and Robin have access to fans, which could easily blow away all that fake fog? It's not that great of a secret weapon, to be honest. It's not at all. I mean, Louis the Lilac had a man-eating plant. Yeah. That's much more threatening than fog. And the Penguin has bombs, and the Joker has the Joker-mobile and surfboards. <laughs> I mean... I know! <laughs> Egghead <laughs> has exploding chicken eggs. Onion eggs. Much exactly. better than a fog machine. He also has egg puns. That right. in itself are better than... Well, Lord Fog has some really weak fog puns, I guess. Not very good ones. He then reveals his biggest plan, which uh, will allow them to retire from crime forever. And it's to steal the crown jewels in the Tower Londinium. Pretty big. Pretty long. And he plans to do this with only a fog machine, by the way. <laughs> you know what? Out of, out of all, up to this point, out of all of the uh, the schemes the villains have came up with, this one is actually the most sound. He wants to steal jewels to retire. Yeah, I mean, the execution might not be perfect, but the actual plan is pretty good. Yeah, he doesn't want to become king of the hippies. Or surfers, yeah. King of the surfers. He doesn't want to marry Babs. He doesn't want to have a ten-cent tax on all eggs eaten. <laughs> yeah, he, he, the jewels is not a bad idea. Not a bad yeah. Idea. It's, it's, a little later it gets kind of goofy, but I'm saying right here it's fine. Um, meanwhile, in the dungeon of a country manor house, which was rented by Bruce Wayne near Londinium, Alfred set up a little mini Batcave there, and they have the Batmobile, the... Um... Where did that, where did, how did that get over there? Did they crate that thing yeah, up too? it was all in the crate. That's what the giant crate How was. big is this crate? It was huge. It, was... it had to have been bigger than the boat. It was a very large crate, because um, they also brought their bat phones and the bat computer. Because this was before the internet, Batman couldn't just log on and access the bat Any computer. computer. It's not like Batman could walk into like an internet cafe in no. downtown Londinium. He couldn't go to a Starbucks in, in Londinium and just log in remotely to the bat computer. He had to have no, it there. Exactly. So this all was what was in the giant crate, and I have no idea how this made it past customs. Because <laughs> Bruce Wayne has Bruce Wayne has the green. That's true. To make the, everyone turn a blind eye. With money, you can do anything. That's really the moral of this whole series. So they're in this old basement of this house. Alfred mentions it was probably once a dungeon because, as we know, every old house in London has a dungeon in the basement. There is actually, did you notice this, a human skeleton chained up yes. against a wall in the back? No one decided to remove it before they're renting this out. They just decided to leave it there. Uh, and Alfred didn't even move it. Alfred just left it there for effect. Um, it's really like, why weird. not? Batman and Robin take off for Ireland Yard, which is Londinium's version of Scotland Yard. Uh, Alfred reminds them to drive on the left side of the road. Which was actually the one true fact about Londinium here. So kids maybe did learn something. At least he didn't say, make sure you drive in the middle of the road or <laughs> zigzag down the road, please. That's how they do it in Londinium. In the office of the Superintendent Watson, uh, Gordon is there. He's hanging out with Barbara. 
Watson has the worst British accent I've ever heard. In fact, everyone, no one in Londinium has an actual authentic British accent, except for Alfred. They all have Londinium accents. And basically, these accents remind me of the wife of Green Acres. They all sound like her, especially <laughs> Penelope, and it's really annoying. Batman and Robin show up. Uh, Batman mentions that the office looks familiar. And uh, Gordon says that all police departments around the world have similar decor. And I think maybe that this is what they actually talk about at the International Commissioners Conferences. Uh, they just like they all go to, they go to the International Ikea, yeah. pick out desks and chairs. They just share decorating tips with each other. Maybe this curtain looks pretty good next to um, the police files or whatever. I, I have no idea. They've made a decision years ago that all police office, all commissioner's office, should have a red phone that goes directly to the Bat Cave that Batman will use in that country. That's right, because it was already set up in London. Londinium, I'm sorry. Barbara mentions that she didn't see Batman on the ocean liner. And uh, he's like, well, it's it, I was on it, yes, I rode the ocean liner with everyone else. And it's it's a big ship, I guess that's why he didn't see me. He should have said I had my own private ship. Was she assuming that Batman would be walking around the ocean liner dressed as himself, as Batman? Is that what she thought? <laughs> she thought he would have a pair of baggies on. <laughs> uh, I think Batman probably just rode a wave all the way to London. That's what he should have said. I just caught a wave to London. Watson mentions that there is a strange man-made fog at the scene of every robbery, and Batman starts to think, okay, what, what does this have to do with anything... Robin mentions aftergrass, which is a form of lawn, like you would have in front of your house, sometimes <laughs> called fog. I have no idea how Robin knew that. <laughs> that in this show, people love to make bizarre deductions. Yeah, that is very bizarre. And then watch, um, Watson mentions that fog place in Fogshire has the best aftergrass lawn in the country. Of course, Batman knows that Lord Marmaduke Fogg lives in Fog Place because Batman is a huge fan of lawns, apparently. He says he wants to go have a look around Fog Place. And Watson's like, well, you don't think that uh, Lord Fogg could be responsible for these crimes, do you? And uh, Batman's like, no, no, I don't. I just kind of want to have a look around because my friend Bruce also has a... Very nice aftergrass lawn. I kind of want to compare. Well, I actually believe that at first Batman didn't think Lord Fogg had anything to do with the crimes. That he actually wanted to compare his lawn with his oh, to see oh, who's absolutely. actually better. Absolutely. And um, Watson apparently doesn't seem to mind at all that Batman is less interested in actually solving the crime <laughs> as he is in checking out lawns around the city of London. Or Londinium. He's more interested in grass. Well, well Marmaduke Fogg does love his pipe. Um, I think Watson should have had like an American stereotype version of an O'Hara. Oh, that's true. There was not. That's like a, like a new like a like a guy with like a real broad New York accent. Another missed opportunity. That would have been great. Ah, oh, why weren't we there? I don't know. It would have been better. Watson says, "Yeah, I'll take you down to Lord Fogg's uh, manor." He also mentions that Penelope Pisu has a niece who runs an all-girls finishing school there. 
And, you know, these will be young girls, probably high school age. Robin doesn't seem too interested. He kind of seems a little put off by that in all-girls well, we, school. Well, we've seen the Siren episode. Yeah, I know. So, we know. We're on to you, Robin. Uh, we cut to Fog Manor. Lady Prudence shows up, and she's Penelope's niece. Uh, she just got back from a shopping trip with the girls. Uh, I don't know why they found it important to mention that, and and they mention the clothes. They keep mentioning the clothes. Uh, Lord Fogg apparently is down. He's got a bad case of the gout. He's got a, a, a cast on his foot. He, he can't move around. The accents are very bad. No one in Londinium has a British accent. Batman and Robin show up with Barbara and Watson. Prudence comes in with all the girls. There's only four of them, but they say, "Well, these are, these aren't the. This isn't the entire school. These are just the ones who live here with us." Sense. Yeah. Uh, Barbara mentions how refreshing it is that they don't have to uh, wear school uniforms. So I have no idea that, that that's never brought up again. It's just they. Babs like to, is a forward thinker. Yeah. She's like, she believes that uh, wearing a uniform, a school uniform, uniform detracts from a student's individuality. That's true. And Penelope says, well, they have to keep their wits about them, so they gotta be looking fashionable. Lord <laughs> Fogg tells Batman, uh, he, you know, go ahead and have a look around the lawn. Batman kind of looks out the window. To be honest, I they show a shot of the lawn, it doesn't look all that great. It looks like a regular... I don't lawn know, lawn. I thought it looked kind of nice. It looked nicer than Bruce's, I thought. Maybe, that's why Batman was pissed off. He's like, you know, I'm bringing Lord Fogg down. He cannot have a better lawn than me. Prudence uh, says, you know, Robin, let's go on a tour of uh, the school. I'll show you around, introduce you to all the ladies. Robin very reluctantly goes along. You could tell he was not into it at all. Yeah, yeah, no, he wanted to, wanted to hang out with Lord Fogg. Yeah, yeah, he was way more interested in Lord Fogg and his butler than anything else. Uh, Barbara says, you know, can I use the phone? Uh, so she goes off to use the phone. Penelope takes Batman to see the judo room, because the school has a judo room. Obviously. Very weird. Actually, this whole what finishing school. What finishing, what finishing school doesn't have a judo room? Well, this is a different type of finishing school, as we find out later. Uh, so maybe the judo room was very necessary. After everyone leaves, uh, Lord Fogg jumps up. He was, he's been faking the gout the whole time. He never had the gout. He tells one of his servants that it's bug time. I don't know what I was, that means. Yeah, I was really confused at that as well. Was, is that some, like, slang in London? I don't know. I, it's bug time. I don't, I, I didn't know, I actually thought they were gonna, like, let, like, nasty bugs out or something. No, not, not yet. Not yet, at least. Uh, meanwhile, we see Barbara. She's on the phone. She asked for the uh, Londinium Office of Temporary Visitors. There is such an office in Londinium. They have a lot of bureaucracy over there. There's an office for everything. She somehow gets a hold of Alfred. Alfred's like, how'd you get this number? She's like, don't worry about it. I need you to do me a favor. Then we cut to the dorm, and all the girls are sitting around talking about how groovy Batman is, how Robin makes them want to jump out of their skin. Very weird. Then they're like, well... Hey, I don't know if that's a compliment or, like, a... Yeah, is that a compliment? I don't know. He's... Maybe. Does Robin really turn all, like, the young ladies on? I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, he he turns all the young men on. We know that. <laughs> the, <laughs> they say, well, Prudence is down there talking to Robin. I hope she's not telling him too much. We cut to Prudence. Of course, she is telling him too much because she's infatuated with Robin. She thinks he's a real groovy guy. Uh, she tells Robin that the finishing school is just a front to train all the girls to become shoplifters. <laughs> she said she said she was getting an MS, a, a mistress of shoplifting. Degree, yeah, I mean... I like that, I like that. Uh, back inside Lord Fogg's house, he's back in the cast, he's down again. He he's fa- I don't know why he's faking the gout. Maybe he just really didn't want to give Batman a tour, he's kind of lazy. I, I didn't get that either, what was the point? Just don't spill the beans. Uh, Barbara has left. Uh, Batman says, well, we better go too. As he leaves, he sort of tips his mask in a weird way to Lady <laughs> Peasoup. Did you notice that? He's like, I'll see yeah, you he doesn't have a, he, he doesn't have a hat to tip, so he's got to tip something. Very awkward. You think at baseball games, when they sing the national anthem, they make Batman take off the mask? Put it over his heart. I don't know. That's why he refuses to go to baseball games. Yeah, he hates. That's baseball. why he only goes to boxing and horse racing. <laughs> we cut to a country road. Alfred is there. He's meeting uh, Barbara. Apparently, she somehow has left an extra Batgirl suit in Londinium. I have no idea why or how. They never explain it. Uh, so he gives her the Batgirl clothes. She runs behind the bush to change into Batgirl. Uh, later, Batman and Robin are driving uh, in the Batmobile. They come across a roadblock, and they actually stop. They don't try to bust through it or anything. And it's just it like, wasn't much of a roadblock, either. Yeah, it's just like a couple of things sitting on the road. Bat- they like to follow the rules when they're in another country. They respect roadblocks. <laughs> uh, just then, some goons bust out with the worst accents and stereotypical British slang. They're calling people governor. <laughs> they called Batman governor like a hundred times. They look like chimney sweeps from uh, Mary Poppins. They, maybe that's what they modeled this whole movie off of. I've never been to London, but I just imagine it's exactly like this. It's foggy all the time. Everyone talks like the chimney sweeps, and they dress like chimney sweeps. And just, everyone's a governor. Yeah, yeah. So a fight breaks out, obviously, because what... Why, why else would the goons be there? Uh, just as things start looking bad for Batman and Robin, Batgirl jumps out. She starts busting the guy with boards, kicking him in the face. Um, Batman throws a rock. He picks up this giant rock. He, like, smashes the guy. He smashes the guy in the face with it. That had to hurt. Batman killed a man in London. <laughs> in all the confusion... One of the goons slips something inside the Batmobile, which is another reason why the Batmobile does not need to be a convertible. There's so many reasons why, and that's one. After the fight, obviously Batman and Robin win. Batgirl disappears. Batman and Robin sort of wonder what she's doing in Londinium. No one ever puts the pieces together that Bruce is Batman and that Barbara is Batgirl, although it's like glaringly obvious, or it should be. They notice that the goons seem to be Lord Fogg's servants. Robin says, let's go back there right now. Let's take care of this right now so we can go home. But Batman says, look, we have two more episodes of this to do. Let's just go back to the Batcave now and think about it. When they pull back into the Batcave, the Batmobile starts smoking. I guess it's more of a fog, really. 
And that's it looks how. Like smoke, yeah. Basically, all this fog looks like smoke. But Lord Smoke doesn't sound as good. And he's smoking a pipe. He's not fogging a pipe. <laughs> that's true. And that's the end of this episode. Yeah, the cliffhanger. Although the narrator says, "What's he said?" The the uh, the cliffhanger and the the narrator says a sticky wicket. What is a sticky wicket? Yeah, he's like a Batman and Robin up against a sticky wicket. Is that a uh, a cricket term? Maybe. Could be. I don't yeah, know. If you know what a sticky wicket is, email us. Let us know. Because I have no idea. I I will tell you one thing. I never want to be up against a sticky wicket. Neither life. do I. Yeah. I, I don't know if... I, maybe I have been up against a sticky wicket. I didn't know about it. I'd like to know, though. That's true. If I was up against a sticky wicket, I would definitely want to know. Exactly. Next week, we will find out if Batman and Robin can get out of the sticky wicket. But, uh... So, we're gonna do this episode... We're gonna release all three of these on the same week. Because, you know... People have been clamoring for more Stephen Andy. The Londinium. The more Londinium. They were like, we can't wait till you guys get to the Londinium episodes. That's right. Because I, I couldn't wait either. These are pretty good episodes, actually. And unlike, they're, they're, they're a little more serious in tone. Yeah, and unlike the last two-parter with Egghead, that each episode had nothing to do with each other on that one, <laughs> each of these, actually, there is a continuous story throughout all three of these. So Yeah, yeah. It's much better. Alright, so, as we promised, there is a very special song that uh, we have. We're going to play it right now, so you can listen to it, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay, the song is by Burt Ward. TV's Robin. Yeah. And it's called <laughs> Boy Wonder I Love You, right? Yeah, that's what it's called, Boy Wonder I Love You. So, I mean, I'm sure everyone out there loves the Boy Wonder, and has been wondering why there isn't a song about how much we all love him. Sang by the boy wonder himself. Well, now there is. And here's the song. Boy wonder, I love you. Boy wonder, I love you. Hi, kids. It's me, your pal, the boy wonder. Taking this opportunity to catch up on my fan mail. Even as a boy wonder, it's really hard to read all the tons of mail I get. Here is a happy letter from someone just about your age. Dear, cute, wonderful, fabulous, magnificent, exquisite boy wonder, a cold chill runs up my spine every time I see you sock a villain. And oh, how I cry when you're even scratched. Don't send me a mimeograph copy of interesting facts about you. I want your handwriting. I have a whole wall of my room dedicated to you. Oh boy, wonder, I'm making a gum wrapper chain to symbolize my love for you. It's going to be as long as I am tall, and I'm five foot ten inches in stocking feet. Boy Wonder, please come next Saturday and sleep for a week or two. I will feed you breakfast in bed. I will make your bed for you. And I like you so much that I want you to spend the whole summer with me. I hope you know this is a girl writing.
of Burt Ward, Boy Wonder I Love You. That was uh that was released I think in like sixty seven on MGM Records. So around the time it, that these episodes were airing, that people were buying that in the stores. Well, I don't know how well it sold. It <laughs> it was uh they released one single, so it must not have sold that great. And it was uh the A side was Boy Wonder I Love You, the B side was Orange Colored Sky. Right. And it was on MGM Records. Yeah, I sent you three songs. I actually have all the songs that were recorded in the session. Yeah. Um there's like a couple other songs. And I have like some backing tracks and stuff, but um, this basically was a record that Burt Ward did. Sort of, I have no idea why or why anyone thought this was a good idea. Well, uh, to cash in on the popularity of Batman in the in the sixties, there were a lot of uh, things like cash. A lot of like TV stars did album, like Sebastian Cabot from Family Affair. Yeah, did an album of Bob Dylan covers. Um, Leonard Nimoy actually had a pretty good recording career. He, he ultimately recorded seven albums. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of, actually in the 60s, a lot of uh, TV actors made singles, cut albums, just to, uh, it's kind of like, to cash in on their popularity, basically. So the weird thing about this song, though, is it's, it's a song about uh, the boy wonder getting a lot of fan mail, and he can't he can't answer it all because he gets so much. And he just opens, I'm, I'm guessing he just opens a random one up, starts reading it, Kind of a titillating letter here, a little bit stalkerish, saying like, you know, you sit, you send chills down my spine. Uh, it starts out actually kind of innocent, you know. I'm making a bubblegum wrapper chain necklace, very big, uh, unusable necklace if it's five five feet ten inches tall. Yeah, she's a tall lady. The boy wonder seems really into this letter, and then it gets a little bit creepier. Like, why don't you come down here? And sleep for a while, which we all yeah. know what that means. Okay. Spend summer with me. I'll make your breakfast, then I'll make your bed. Now, it's pretty clear what this person is saying. And, exactly. Uh, you can tell the boy wonders getting into it. He's like, well, yeah, yeah, I'll come down for the summer. And then in the end of the letter, by the way, I'm also a girl. Uh, that's when the boy wonder stops reading, tears up the letter, and throws it away, I think. That's what it seems like, that's what it seems like is happening. So, uh, I don't know what that says about, uh, the boy wonder. Well, I think we all know exactly what it says about the boy <laughs> oh, wonder. That's, that's true. Uh, now, if someone sent you up? this letter, we, at Steve and Andy, we get a lot of emails. We've never gotten one <laughs> like this. A... We've never gotten one like this. No, that's true, that's true. Um... Uh, not yet, at least. I don't know. At probably... least. I think we will. We probably will. But but uh, if you want to send a letter like that, you know, go ahead. We'll read, we'll read, we'll read it. it. We'll read it on We the might air. even read it on the air in the style of that song. Exactly, yeah. I actually have the backing track to that song, because if you send it, one of us can read it with the backing track playing over top. I love <laughs> that idea. <laughs> we should start reading all of our emails with the backing track. That we might do that. You know, what's actually interesting, though, also about that song, was the person that wrote and produced the song. Who was that? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know if I should tell, and w or we should just, like, keep it a secret till to the next episode, but I think if you listen to the music, and you listen to his, uh, the vocal recorded, I think you can pinpoint who it is. I'll just go ahead and say it. Pinpoint who it is right away. Frank Zappa, Rock and Roll Hall of <laughs> Fame member, the leader of the Mothers of Invention, wrote and produced that song. And I think it does, and it was done in '67, and it does, and it does remind me something from the uh, the Absolutely Free album, so which was probably recorded around that same time. What executive at MGM was thinking? All right, 
We got Frank Zappa here. We need to team him up with somebody. Um, who can we use? Let's see. I mean, we can. There's so many options. We're MGM. We really have limitless resources. Let Let's get Bert Ward down here to do some speaking parts because he never really sings. No, no. Um, he kind of sings on Orange Colored Sky a little bit. Um, yeah. th this is what I what I assumed. That MGM was like, man, we need to get Burt Ward. He's really popular with the girls. Right. We'll bring him in. Then they like looked at their uh, their contracted talent, and right. like, so they looked for a songwriter and producer. And their talent that they already have on contract is Mothers of Invention. were on MGM, on the Verve imprint of MGM, and um and decided like Frank Zappa. You know he he's a really good producer and he's a good songwriter. We'll let him do it. And it just turns out he wrote a bizarre song. And here we are now talking about it. Exactly. So if you want to download the song, um, I'm, I'll put it up on our blog, steveandandy.blogspot.com. And I'll also just go ahead and put it up on the iTunes feed so you can just download it like you would a podcast. Because I know everyone is going to want their own copy of the song. Just they listen will. To I know. It. I know. Everyone will want it. I know. So during all the Londinium episodes, there's two left. We will be reviewing, or we, we will be listening to and reviewing a new Burt Ward song. So good episode. Thanks everybody for listening. If you have any comments, if, if you want to tell us why you think Five Guys is better than uh, Bob Evans, you can send your emails to stevenandy at gmail.com. Uh, check out our blog. We actually made a little promotional video on YouTube. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I'll put a link to it on the blog. If you really want to know what's, what we look like, you can see. I don't know if, if you... I have a huge head. I have a huge yeah. head in this video. Because Andy was sitting really close to his computer, and the way that Skype recorded it, it was split screen, and it kind of zoomed in more on Andy. So it's mostly Andy's face. His head isn't that big in real life. But uh, I'll put a link to it on our blog, stevenandy.blogspot.com. I'll also put the MP3s up there if you want to listen. And uh, yeah, so... Write us an iTunes review, too, if you haven't already. Tell your friends to listen to the show and tell them to write iTunes reviews. Don't ask them to listen to the show. You need tell to them. tell them. Yeah. No, don't even tell them. Demand that they do it. Say you won't be their friend anymore if they don't. How many friends do you think I've told that to? Exactly. Yeah. I've told that to all my friends. Me, too. That's why I don't have friends anymore. <laughs> Same here. Andy is my only friend now. All right, Andy. Yeah, yeah. I will talk to you later this week. And, uh... Thanks, everybody, for listening. See ya. Winter 